Alvarado Court, Los Angeles, February 1922. To his acquaintances present, some of whom had last seen him alive only a few hours earlier, the corpse's arrangement made him seem not so much dead as indifferent, stretched on his back on the floor of his Hollywood home, arms at his sides, William Desmond Taylor appeared in a therapeutic repose from which he could not be disturbed to acknowledge the rifling through his property by friend and stranger alike. When those friends looked away from the drawers or cabinets they were searching to where the deceased director lay, they struggled to understand how, still meticulously attired as he was in life, he could be so apathetic about that unseemingly dried ribbon of blood at the corner of his mouth. The chief inspector had his men stand by, as anything with the remotest chance of provoking yet another Hollywood scandal was boxed up and carried off. Proliferating stories of drug rings and orgies were threatening to transform the young film capital back forever into a small town of orange groves and rutted dirt roads. A set of envelopes, postmarked from all over the Middle East, were tossed in one box, piled with papers from Taylor's career, among them the single scenario for The Ordeal. This was the film he had been discussing the previous afternoon with studio head Jesse Lasky as Taylor's next famous player's project. The intertitles and continuity under the scenario's title page, however, told a story radically different from the society melodrama that the trades had described. Police officer Horatio Stagg curled his upper lip as he watched people all but step over the corpse and their plundering. Why couldn't the stiff have gotten shot a week later? when Stagg would be back on the East Coast, back to Mom's clam chowder and the dance marathon with Babs Obstochik, back to where normal people lived and where the rule of law still held sway. As far as his outlook was concerned, this was still the Wild West and the studio heads no better than robber barons. And these Alvarado court people, they all were in show business, too. They had to be the way they acted like they could just do whatever they wanted with no respect for his authority. In the process, they had compromised this crime scene six ways to Sunday, almost exactly from the moment the body was discovered. Stagg knew. He was the second man on the scene. At 7.30 a.m., he had been on the round of his beat that brought him by Alvarado Court when he heard a man scream. A black man in a white valet's uniform flew out the front door of the far corner bungalow, the third in a row on the courtyard's left side. Stagg intercepted the man as he passed the courtyard's gazebo, grabbed him by his upper arms, and shook him hard. Who's dead? The man shrieked. Get a hold of yourself. Who's dead? Mr. Taylor. Let me go. Gotta get Mr. Jesserud. Who? The landlord. Let me go. Let me go. I'm a cop. You don't go to the landlord when you find someone dead. You come to me. Now, hands over your head. The man complied as Stag patted him down. Who are you exactly? He asked. Henry Peavy, Mr. Taylor's houseboy. All right, then, Stag said, satisfied that Peavy was unarmed. Suppose you tell me what you saw in there. Mr. Taylor, dead. Tell me what you saw, Stag snapped, ready to rattle Peavy's bones again. He's on his back. There's blood on his mouth. He wasn't breathing and his skin's like chalk. His face was a, a, a blank. Mr. Taylor's gone. Is there a weapon near the body? 
like he was defending himself. Before entering the bungalow, Stag wanted to make sure that if Taylor wasn't as dead as Peavy was convinced, he would be in no danger if the victim confused him with his assailant. No, sir. Did you see anybody else inside or hear something that might indicate another person in there? No, sir. All right, then, Stag said, drawing his gun. Show me to the door. Peavy had just begun to lead Stag back to the bungalow when another man's voice sounded from behind them in the early morning stillness. Hey, what's the problem? Stag looked back across the courtyard to see a man in a bathrobe and pajamas addressing him from his open front door. Police matter, Stag said. That the landlord? He asked Peavy, who nodded. Okay, Peavy, you go inform him what goes on. Have him call the police, and the two of you stay put until you hear otherwise from me. Get me? Uh, yes, sir.